0: you know what's so funny you know what's so funny like it, it's got us talking about like we're analyzing the nostalgia factor like they think about this bro and then you got like like peop- marketing analysts on twitter and like on their blogs and like and like ad week talking about like why this is the greatest commercial of all well, history i can only imagine coinbase's like marketing team or like the agency that worked on this they're just sitting like the day after sitting in their breakout room just laughing their asses off it's like bro it's just a qr code
1: Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 141. How y'all doing, man? Thank you for tuning in, Spotify, Apple Podcast Reviews. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Keep it rolling in. Hey, guys, follow me on Spotify. You got a little, uh, you know, getting the analytics on the followers. Let's get those followers up, baby. Uh, be sure to subscribe uh, and uh, leave a review. It Really appreciate it. Got another heater with my boy, Ivan, who is back And we are talking about current events. We're talking about some things that are happening right now. We've got the, you know, the sort of uh, Putin situation, the Russia-Ukraine situation. We've got NFT scams. We've got uh, inflation. We've got car prices through the roof. We've got a lot of jazz for you guys. So sit back, relax, and let's just dive on into it, baby. Yo, so biggest story right now. Today, guys, we're recording on Tuesday. Probably saw this whole Russia-Ukraine thing. I wanted to talk about it a little bit uh, because of the pretty significant. Yeah, Nate, what yeah. is going on? Are we going to World War uh, uh,
0: Three? <laughs> Why are my stocks doing yeah, so bad? Man,
1: it's 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 insane. And so, like, I've been trying to follow this story pretty closely, and and from what I understand, yesterday was it like a huge turning point for the whole situation. And essentially, what mm-hmm. happens is, for, for the longest time, I was thinking that western media and like our media was a little bit skewed because i've been hearing things about like ukraine about how people in ukraine don't even like aren't taking it seriously there's this guy i listen to on this podcast that's uh he's he's like he's like a nomad he like bounces around but he's like financially independent and he's actually in like ukraine right now and he's like he's He's in ukraine right now and 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 he's he's chilling chilling. he's like i don't he thinks it's like very 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 (laughs) very low risk like nobody there everybody there is chilling like this is like very anecdotal. Like I'm not really sure what the sentiment is, but like yesterday, essentially Putin was like, yeah, these two regions, I first of all, I didn't know this. Putin doesn't even think Ukraine really exists for, for all intents and purposes. Like he, he he doesn't really respect their sovereignty. He thinks it's just kind of a part of Russia that kind of got fucked up. And so I, I guess he recognized these two uh, regions as like independent or separatist or whatever and, and give it, making a sort of, case for why they need to like step in there and do some like peacekeeping mission which i mean i don't know how much of a peacekeeping mission it actually is but essentially i believe troops are now over the border and and so uh, the u.s was hesitant to call it uh, an invasion but i think they've now stated that it's an invasion Uh, there's massive sanctions that are coming everything that the u.s was saying was going to happen is kind of playing out which is pretty insane yeah do you mean sanctions? What do you mean by like sanctions? Ba- just just like. huge economic penalties? Basically, I think the biggest one that I saw was they're going to try to prevent their banking system from like you you know exchanging dollars. I, I think it was from mm-hmm. trading in U.S. U.S. dollars or something like that, which could significantly hinder their their ability to I don't know just exist. But the thing is, I, I also read here. I'm not I'm not sure if it's in this article that we pulled here, but. Russia's been positioning their their banking and their and their their economy for stuff like this. Like I'm pretty sure they're I can't remember what in particular. You know I think their reserves are good. Like they they have a lot of U.S. dollars. I think they're they're they've just it looks as though. From what I read, that they are expecting this. They were expecting this for a long time. They've been making moves for a long time.
0: It sounds like he's they're pre-planned. They knew they're gonna get sanctioned off. Like they knew they're gonna <laughs> they're they gonna on the on on the pretense of war for the longest time. So they stocked up on yeah. the USD uh, so they won't get hit that hard. Man, that's that's pretty wild. It's it's like for the past like month, it feels like they're just like. Oh, we're going to make a move. Yeah, and then pulling back, pulling, yeah, yeah. We're going to make a move, playing like Captain Loss's bit, right? And and people on Twitter are like, hey, what's going on? Is this going to happen? Kind of like, you know, uh, soft
1: launching this invasion. But like, boom, today... First, first, major first, first really I, major move. And I think, you know, all the allies are, are kind of condemning it and they're going to come out with sanctions and, and, and penalties and, and sort of like really uh, squeeze Russia. But I like I said, I think Russia's ready for that and was expecting that. And I think Putin even said that to the Russian people. And he said, like, they are sanctions that are coming. They're going to come. And st- but how he was talking yesterday, I didn't actually watch the actual clip but from the analysis of it was that he was positioning Ukraine as the enemy. He was positioning the West as the enemy and saying that they are, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they've never keep their promises. This is like classic West and it's, it's Russia versus the world kind of galvanizing his people. They, people said it was rambling or or something, but from what I understand, like it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty like, pretty like bleak. And he was kind of like saying we might be stepping in some shit. So for, with respect to markets, like, I think it's really going to impact oil, which is going to be shitty. <laughs> it's already bad enough. Mm. It's it's going to impact your stocks, a lot of uncertainty. The market doesn't like uncertainty. Man, the gas prices have yeah. been
0: insane. I, I went on like a, a little road trip like this this weekend. Like this, little guy got away and had to fill up twice. I'm like, man, I'm like, have I been away from Canada that long and I haven't filled up gas for that long cuz I live in New York. I don't need to drive. I haven't filled up the tank yeah. in like a minute. And I come back, it's like the Canadian dollar one hundred sixty six right like what I think I filled up a- alongside the road it was like one hundred seventy or something it was something crazy I was like man like they like they 're hiking up the prices out of out of town like crazy but i 'm going back into town i'm like man, these prices are still so freaking high yeah. like, what happened it, uh so this
1: this this is part of yeah, it I think nuts. there's other reasons as well there's there's a number of reasons, but again more inf- inflation for everyone, which is nobody 's loving right now and this this uncertainty. Could create for a really good time in the market. I mean, stocks were already selling off significantly, so this could be like, I mean, this could be a great time historically if you look back to to uh, really uh, pile up. So keep that in mind. And This isn't financial advice or any of that shit. But not investment uh, it's, advice. It's, it's, it's not investment advice. But man, switching over to crypto NFT land. Did you see the OpenSea attack? Uh, yeah. That, or, or apparently, it's like a. It's not an attack. It's like a. They're they're saying it's like a, a phishing thing. Well, well, did you see that happen? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I did see a bit of it, and
0: it seems like it's one of the bigger ones, like that that have happened on a on a on a bigger scale. Like, but context wise, like these happen all the time on very individual scales, right? Like crypto scams and crypto phishing, and like all these creative ways that scammers are getting access to people's crypto wallets have been around for the longest time, right? Yeah. But like in terms of like in discords of different projects, right? Like pretending to be like the admins or like the dev team asking for people's wallets and sending fake links that could be like a link to like a Google form or like some sort of form. And like even like the scams have gotten more and more and more and yeah. more intelligent, right? Like yeah. even for, for this one, it seems like it's a phishing scam where someone pretends to be somebody and sends a link. That looks like a very, very legit link, which is like an, a very old thing back with like email and all that jazz. And you click the link thinking it's like from the project or from OpenSea or from like X trusted corporation. But like lo and behold, it's a fake link that redirects you to like this website that steals all your data and, and you're fucked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was saying here that there were some bored ABI club, mutant ABI club images, which are like worth, I think, hundreds of thousands of dollars or, or something like thousands. that. Yeah. Victims of the hack found that they were all tried to manually transfer NFTs, you know, led to a lot of suspicion. OpenSea claims thieves were using phishing email, uh, you know, up to $200 million could have been stolen. I mean, that's... Really insane for OpenSea, which I think they just raised a, a massive round. There was mm-hmm. a lot of good news around this company. And and for this to come out right now is kind of sketch. And, like, even for me, who's, like, a fringe NFT guy where I, I don't actually own them, but I, like, kind of follow and shit. Yeah. This is, like, truly upsetting. And, and like, I've, I just keep – dude, I don't know what it is. I keep seeing crypto thing after crypto thing. People getting fucked, man. It's crazy. The, the, thing, the scams are very advanced in NFT land because,
0: like, for, for anybody that – doesn't actually participate in this. Like you, there's there's extensions on like Chrome where you can link your wallet and like you put in your wallet right. Like it's a MetaMask extension where which is a big platform to hold your wallets. And you pretty much like give permission for web, certain webs NFT NFT project websites to have access to your wallet so that they can send you. Uh, you can buy NFTs and they can send you stuff, or you could like or vice versa, just transfer money, like ETH, transfer whatever like back and forth, right? And mm-hmm. It's crazy because because of so much permissions that you're allowing these websites, right? Like someone malicious can come along and send a phishing link and all you ought to do is click it and then like they code it in the in the website or in the metadata where like it instantly acts your wallet and like gets your seed phrase and gets like access to like everything in your wallet and everything
1: can just tra- get transferred out like immediately and you wouldn't even know. Yeah. yeah, it's insane how like sophisticated that world is. I was reading this like, this like Twitter thread that like... It, it's such a it's such a niche area and there's such a limited amount of people that have a, a really high expertise of it and so even when somebody with high expertise are they're yeah. getting scammed too man that's it's what crazy. i'm saying like the because the, 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 the scams are so sophisticated that they, they they think that they're it just doesn't seem like they would get scammed like it, it seems like they're the the way that they're going about things is very methodical and i think it was this one thread on this person that Basically, was like helping out with this Discord and was like contributing a lot. And the person had been following for weeks, for months. Uh, so it's like one of those long cons where like yeah. they're playing the long game. <laughs> and and uh, the guy no. built the trust and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. And then almost fucked him. Didn't actually end up going through it because the guy caught it just in time. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's interesting.
0: Again, it's it's like crypto, NFT, all this stuff. It's the Wild West right now. It's re- really reminiscent of like when the internet first started, like web pages and stuff, like everything was a static web page. You had hyperlinks, like very ugly, no CSS, all that jazz, a very web one, right? And, and then like a lot of scammers got like that that were fluent in like web languages. Like that's where the phishing email started. That's where the phishing link started because nobody w- exp- that, that didn't have technical knowledge like could tell the difference between like what's real and what's fake, right? And right now it's, it's just that version of it, but in crypto land. So yeah, until these companies come out like like these platforms that have security measures in place, like, you know, ways to prevent scams, right? And, like, the, all that infrastructure, like, stuff like this is just going to keep going on. Um, yeah, and it's
1: but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not all bad. I, there's some pretty good news. I, I think I saw that there was the uh, <laughs> NFT house sale. Man, you like those transitions, eh? Um, it's not all bad. Here's the next story. Uh, so, dude, there's this house in Florida uh, that will be, yeah. or I think it was, uh, I think the story came out, like, a week and a half ago, auctioned off as an NFT, which is, I'm pounding wow. the table, man. This is the kind of shit that I'm talking about that I'm excited for. Uh, it's it's a long ways away. What do you, what in do you terms mean
0: it was auctioned off this NFT? Like,
1: if you buy this NFT of this house, you get the house as well? Yeah, like the NFT represents the physical asset of mm. like the real estate, so the actual house. Uh, right. And so, so the reason why I'm like pumped about that, although it is probably going to be far away from like mass adoption, is that like this is why NFTs are going to be pretty fucking cool. Like here you know you can bypass the whole deed process and the title insurance and all that bullshit and you can kind of just streamline the whole process of like actually getting a home because if if you're not a homeowner like you know just just to put into context it is a bitch <laughs> all of that stuff is so annoying there's so much unnecessary paperwork and so you know having this streamlined and 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 cutting out the middleman could be really really dope and to see it actually represent real estate, a physical asset that everybody knows is valuable, as opposed to an online digital JPEG or some online art, not that there's anything wrong with that, is really promising because now there's some legitimacy behind it. And so I think it probably auctioned it probably it started at like 650k in in ether and probably went way up from there and i think there's this company Proppy that was handling the sale and so it's the second ever real estate uh, transaction i think it's the first in in the u.s and it'll basically represent the deed which is like a huge huge development yeah that's
0: huge i mean it makes sense because it's you're buying empty it's a smart contract right you have your name on it you know who owns the owns the house right like it really is just replacing that whole uh, that whole deed process but putting it on the blockchain and there's, there's that proof right there. But yeah. I think this raises the conversation of like how do we mass adopt like NFTs, these smart contracts, right? Like how do we make it more accessible and how do we make more people like interested in it and lower that barrier entry? I think it's through projects like this and I'm mm-hmm. like – projects like this that provide some kind of real world tangible application slash benefit slash something that you could hold irl by having this this like nft this jpeg this picture this this key that unlocks yeah something digital right but also something irl right yeah this is a while back but like coachella decided to partner up with FTX to drop like 10 limited like NFTs. FTX is everywhere, man. That's Yeah, crazy. they're everywhere. They're loaded. <laughs> they just know yeah, how to make a lot of loaded. money and, and and they're they're they're, uh, they're they're building great things over there. But um pretty much yeah, they they released these uh limited edition like probably sold for like a couple hundred grand each NFTs, but not only did you get this like like cool, cool, like Coachella memorabilia, digital memorabilia. You also got access to a lot of things IRL. Like you get one free VIP weekend for, for life. For life. Nice. For life at Coachella, right? And, and it's provable. You can't you can't like, you know, you, you can't give that to your homie because it's yeah. like, hey, it's, it's you and you own it, right? It's your wallet. It's tied to your name, right? All these other benefits like, oh, like free accommodation, free stay, like, like a meal with a five-star uh, chef, right? Every single year, right? And that's all tied to your name. And that, How many did they issue? I I think around ten. It, it was super limited. Yeah. I, I kind of like try to crunch the math on on uh on the lo- uh, on the floor price of one. I'm like, hey, if I go to Coachella every single year, and this yeah. is the price of a Coachella ticket and a plane ticket and this experience, <laughs> or a that out if I go every single year for the next thirty years, I yeah. think I think it was close. But uh, anyways, like I could totally see like I could totally see somebody buy that buying that right. Like if yeah. you're s- some rich kids. Rit, rit, like your dad's super rich yeah. and like you you just enjoy these experiences
1: like it makes sense it makes sense for you to buy that bro y- yeah yeah and and man i i think i think that's interesting when there's a small number of them and they get these extravagant lifelong benefits what was interesting is i saw this youtube video where nelks nft when they released it they basically got like i think 25 million bucks up front yeah and i think there was like thousands of uh, nfts that were issued but if you think about it, and and I think based on their like messaging, I don't know if this has evolved at all. But this video was making the case that like twenty five million upfront is great. But if you're promising lifelong benefits, extravagant uh, extravagant events, things like that, you know, that over de- over decades, is that at a discount? Is twenty five million even going to cover that? Is is mm. that going to be a profitable business long term? Like, yeah, you, I
0: remember they they promised a lot of stuff. They're like, hey, they promised we're make a shit ton of full stuff. Full send gyms, full send like. How are you going to
1: finance and, that like, with twenty five million? Like, yeah, I know it's, it, like yo, facilities are expensive, man. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: the gym itself could cost twenty five mil, if, especially if this if it's this big planned like promised luxury experience for only limited people that are holding it at one location. Like, how many how many people worldwide bought that like Nelk NFT in like this physical location? Like, it, the, how many people would actually access that and like upkeep maintenance of that? And they can't make money off that.
1: No, because, exactly, because because technically you have to be an NFT uh, holder to to, you know, enjoy the facilities. That's the whole play. Mm-hmm. That's the whole utility behind these specific, you know, these specific NFTs. So, maybe there's a more strategic element that we're missing here. Yeah. I, I don't know, man, because if you're going to promise the world, 25 million, you can't buy the world with 25 right. million. Right. You know? yeah i
0: don't know if they've released the roadmap yet i think it was just a very basic like here here are some promises that we'll do it'll be a cool experience trust us we have a, a at least with our core fans we have a great brand like we've been delivering on our yeah. promises like we have uh, we've we've already done all these like we've we've, we've released seltzers we've we've released like Maybe I think they did pre workout. I don't know. They did a bunch of stuff, right? It's like just trust true, us, yeah. right? Like we'll yeah. we'll, we'll make just sure this us. is worth the while. So maybe maybe uh, maybe they have something up their sleeves that we're just not seeing. Uh, I, I, I'm, maybe I'm interested in seeing that roadmap and, and seeing how they're going to make sense of all because they got they got a fac injection. They got 20, yeah. 25 yeah. mil now. Let's see what they do with it. It's, Let's it's see not a small sum
1: it's not a small <laughs> problem. They may re, you know, they may reissue NFTs. They might do they might do a series of uh, sell offs, right? That that right. could make sense where they, you know, they issue re- issue shares, more shares, you know, like they're basically yeah. like printing uh, all that kind of shit. But man, also in front loading news in the creator economy. So Spotter is this company that basically is like a record label of sorts for creators where they'll uh, issue you a shit ton of money up front. And then they'll take a stake in your revenue uh, down the line. So for example, if you're a YouTuber and you wanted to do this project that costs like five million bucks and you're a big YouTuber, let's say- Spotter will give you like front of money. They'll give you 5 million bucks. And then they get a a, a, sort of like a a royalty of sorts on your content uh, over a certain amount of time. So I think Mr. Beast has used this. Uh, Dude Perfect has used this for some projects, which are like, these are channels with 50 plus million. I mean, Mr. Beast is almost at 100 million. I think Dude Perfect's at like 69, 70 million. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's an interesting model. And I think uh, it looks like, they they raised two hundred million dollars, which to me wow. I'm like thinking, what's the what's the total adjustable market for these folks? Like, how many people can really use this service that it you know justifies that amount? Like that valuation. Like, have you heard of this company yeah. before? It's it's
0: crazy because like I feel like I should, but I, I really haven't. But like yeah, like you said, the TAM is definitely really small, right? Like how how I see that they're making money, and I, I could be completely wrong, but. It's that they're, they're like, hey, we, we'll give you this capital upfront because we know you need it to make this X banger video. And without it, you can't execute on this X banger idea, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, creator wants to make the video. They don't have the money. I give them money upfront and I'm betting that ROI of, of that ad revenue for this big idea that I front load all this cash will, will, will be more. Than what I'm giving them, right? Which is how they really make the money. So I think it makes sense for like a Mr. Beast or like some some big big creators that have really big ideas and have proved that they they can take like a million dollars or a big sum of capital and make something really big with it, right? And they're willing to take that risk and 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 take less money altogether to just make this happen like immediately than wait like six months and like save up money just for a big project when they can do it now, but like. I'm only thinking like for small creators that like have a lot of growth and they, mm-hmm. they're betting on themselves, they know they can, they, they could like, they could be that guy in a year. Would mm-hmm. that make sense for them? Because you're sacrificing a lot up front, right? Yeah. You're, sac- yeah. you're sacrificing potential growth. But that's the thing, it's, it's also a risk for them.
1: So, yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. interesting, and I think I think it's different than you know uh, you know you can argue it's 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 addressing a pain point because you know J P Morgan and and more standard financial institutions probably uh, are a lot more strict than a company like this would be, and so it'd be mm-hmm. tough to finance a project, let's say a new product line or you know a merch drop or whatever the fuck it is for a creator. But if they're able to get the 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 cash and they're able to do it, then maybe it's worth it. But like like I said, it's one of those things where it's like. Is that licensing like gonna fuck them in the end? Because yeah. now it, it, it's similar to what we're talking about. Like, yeah, you get the money up front. That's great. You know what's you know you probably have to score pretty big, pretty quickly for it to be worth it mm. for for however the deal structured. So I think it's worked. And if this business is like valued at a billion bucks, I think it is. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a really big business. I, I, I'm just shocked because I hadn't heard of them. And it just seems like something that's only for massive creators looking to do like multi yeah. – like seven, seven eight-figure projects. I think
0: regardless – I think it's a great – like to completely contradict what I just said, I think it's good to have that option as a creator, right? It's like it, – it's it's, like, hey, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a 500K s- subscriber person, right? And, and like I know I'm going to be growing really, really quick. But like there's this really, really big idea that I want to execute on that could mm-hmm. probably push me over like immediately because I just know it's a great, great idea. But I just – can't execute on it right now. I can't get the proper like capital. I, I, I can't get enough money from brands, right? But I want to execute on this idea right now and I have to because it's relevant, etc. Mm-hmm. Right. Like how am I gonna do it? Either I get super creative and like cut corners and like do it smaller, or I can I can take this up front, right? Uh, and take the loan. So I think it's a great option for creators. Really. It is. Right? Yeah. For spotter though, it's it's like I wonder how, like, what metrics they use to be, like, okay, how much risk can we allocate to, like, X creator, right? How much money can we give them, right? Like, do they look at, like, their, their follower account? Do they look at yeah. their, like, views? Do they look, like, do, do they need to tap into, like, their finances and see their historic, like, ad revenue data? Which yeah, is, you know how, you know for sure yeah, yeah, how all yeah. how, how, how over the place that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's. I'm interested in seeing how they calculate that, but it, it is, this is only a good thing for the creator economy.
1: I, I definitely think so too, man. Switching gears to like the, the general economy, I saw this chart from the hustle and, it, and it's basically used car prices are through the roof. And so I've talked about it on the show before. I think I talked about it on the cars episode about how freaking expensive uh, used cars like are. And there's this chart here that's like, if you look at, Like a Mazda 3, a used Mazda 3 that's three years old. So it's like, I don't know, 2018, 2019. It's up 54% as opposed to being – wait, is it depreciated? Average prices for the top top three used models. Oh, okay, no. So the 2018 model in 2021 versus the 2019 model this year, it's 54% higher. So it should be around the same price. Because it's three years old, right. relatively speaking, it's 54%. Uh, Volvo, 56%. Um, Toyota Prius, 61%. Nissan yeah. Versa, Dodge Caravan, 60, 62%. Like, you guys get the point. Like, it, it's insanely expensive. And I think it's the chip shortage, supply chain breakdowns. Still, they're not really. The, I keep hearing that they're going to get better. They're not getting better. This is so and, funny because what everything we learned in personal finance class yeah. of buying a used car
0: is the way yeah. to go. Like if if you want a model, just just take the bullet and buy two years older because it will be on a. Thirty-three to fifty percent like discount, but like man, wh- like what's going on? Chip shortage, supply like, chain stuff. I, like, yeah,
1: like it, it seems that like they they're still struggling with it, and these issues are still exacerbated. And there's just not enough new cars that are flooding the market, so that people are forced to have to buy used cars and then there's a bidding war. And so now people are making money off their, off their used cars essentially. And leases are being turned in with a ton of equity because dealerships are bought, can't buy those cars back fast enough. It's still continuing. So I mean, I keep looking for signs of hope with this uh, similar to signs <laughs> of hope with uh, the real estate market, real which we'll talk about market. in a sec, but it's just a really shitty time. Like I would just probably hold off because you're paying over, over top dollar for these cars, and and speaking with uh, for for our, our Ontarians and uh, that listen to the show, there's an ambitious plan. The government basically said their task force, their housing task force, that we need 1.5 million new homes in 10 years to make housing affordable uh, again. <laughs> I think we're making no joke, like hundreds of homes a month. Yeah wh- what is what is the
0: rate? I, I want to see what that rate is of how we're ma- like based on just. What I see in Toronto, we are not building shit for homes.
1: 150,000 homes a year, is it's basically saying, for us to catch up with demand and for things to be like, to level off. And like, we're not, even if you consider condos and things that are being built, we're not making 150,000 new units uh, of, of housing per year. It's just, I haven't looked at what it is. I just know it's not that. I think that's an insane, sanely, almost uh, delusional plan. And Why do you think we build so slow in Canada Com- compared I, I don't, to different countries?
0: Uh, not even just Canada, like the Western world in general. Like, the Western world like, because
1: the U.S. is in the same boat, man. Um, same The boat. U.S. is – they're not making enough houses. And I think they just I, – I don't have enough of a nuanced take here. But from what I understand, developers have been pretty shy since 08. Like uh, mm. from what I understand, like even in the the, the lumber scene, the lumber sector, like – they are really, really, they got really, really burned back in 08 with the recession, uh, housing crisis, everything. And so they're very, they're very timid. They're very um, kind of, they're not willing to like take big bets because as a developer, like you got to lay out a lot of capital. You got to lay out a lot of money into these projects and these massive projects. And if you want to go, if you want to speed it up, I mean, it's kind of a lot to ask a company mm-hmm. a, like a like a developer to like do these massive like plans and things like that. With, without yeah. some sort of like guarantee and with the economy being a little bit uncertain there's not much of an incentive for them to to really really ramp it up and i think you're seeing that in the states and in canada and i mean i'm not really sure of other yeah. real estate markets maybe, but maybe the
0: laws just aren't friendly for developers for like like there's hoops jump through and, and things that need to get approved for for all this like for, for the supply to catch up like versus like other countries like say in asia where where it's like hey like government's on board to like get all this real estate out like they can move quickly like developers mm-hmm. quickly just go 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 and there's mm-hmm. less of a bottleneck like from from like approval to like developing
1: i i think so too and and like the thing is i like again i i don't have that deep of a take on this but from what i understand we're looking at like the supply side like what, are, what is this fucking task force doing to incentivize these developers? Like, I think the government needs to like step in here, probably finance a little bit of this, probably give them a little bit, get it off the ground, do something. And then, so that's the supply side, like really help uh, and support this, this sector, get this shit off the fucking ground. And then on the demand side, you know, how are you controlling for these bidding wars that are happening? How are you controlling for these foreign investors that are coming in and buying up all this, these houses and shit? You know that, that it's insane, and and you you talk to, you you know you talk to real estate agents and things like that where they talk about these these things that come over like it's it's money coming from like so many different places like the government really needs to get their hands on this and we're a more you know social country in, in Canada they really need to get their hands on this and control both sides of this from supply and demand because. It's gonna take a lot of investment on in, on both sides for this thing to even out because it's just absolutely out of control at this point.
0: Yeah. Foreign investment is is just they're driving the prices up like crazy and yeah. snatching up the all the condos. I know, I know, I know it's like it's a culture thing in China where they love real estate, right? Yeah. Like I, I watched this video about like how how much more invested China is, like like per like Citizen in real estate than like the stock market and how like like there's it was a I don't know what the percentage is but like the percentage of like people that own more than two properties and then three properties and then four properties like compared to like the rest of the world is just like off the charts. Is it really off eh? the charts? And and yeah, like m- the mix of demand and supply, like. Like something's got to happen. Uh, yeah, and for, they me, admit- for me to afford a home, man. If I want to afford a home, and I like, like, there, there's some stat that was like, oh, every every single person this age range, like, like, mo- majority of them had like at least on average fifty k investment from their parents so that yeah. they could afford a home, yeah. home. or
1: something. There's I don't, don't know that. what the number was. It, it was just like it was like, damn, man. Like, like <laughs> I don't got. When's that. my turn, man? When's my <laughs> yeah, turn? Yeah, man, dude. Did you see this uh, Tim Biebs? Uh, the results. Really interesting stuff, man. So RBI uh, almost doubled their profits last quarter what? on strong sales growth driven by Justin Bieber, which Justin is from the Tim Bieber, did you have you ha- have you tried it? Peak
0: influencer marketing. I I have recently, like finally, because um yeah i was back just, in the like States. covered in sugar bro <laughs> dude it's i know but like yo, know, the marketing was just great like yeah. the word the team leaves is just funny like it just rolls off the tongue uh yeah like, everybody was trying it back in canada i'm like man like i just need to get back to canada and and, and get myself a box but man this is uh this is peak food marketing man it's celebrity endorsement peak. and and it's like the, the the synergy was just there right yeah you got yeah like just, just from a peer, and this is not rocket science. Like this is this is obvious, right? Like yeah, you, you got like icon, Canadian icon, Justin Bieber, right? Canadian icon in in like. Coffee Hortons, store, right? Yeah. adding together. Name is amazing, right? Like the marketing that they rolled out, like was the, the commercial yeah. was 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 I mean a little corny, but like kind of funny, you know. it's kinda to, funny. To, it was kinda funny. Yeah, it
1: was, it was kinda funny, it was kinda funny. All right, I'll give it that, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um just just great synergy all around. And I know they did merch too like whatever. It's like, like a hype might-
1: thing, hype element to it. Um Yeah. I think it's I think it's really cool, man. And and yeah, like really strong revenue growth uh year over year. And 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 I I just think that like, good for them because I think I did a video a while ago, kind of saying like, "What the fuck is happening at RBI?" Like, these guys got to get their shit together. Tim Hortons is a is a flailing mess, uh, and so for them to come out and do this was 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 a huge bet because it could have flopped so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but they executed it well, man, and they had the merch and they had the everything. And the donuts were half decent, and it got people talking, and it got it got Tim Hortons in in people's mouths again, man. Which is which is like really interesting uh, to yeah. see.
0: It's it's great to see like. Uh, institutional, like very incumbent brand like Tim Hortons do influencer marketing so good on such a scale. It, it's it's very rare because there's a lot of hoops for them to jump through. Usually when you're a company of that size, like you got to go through like five different agencies, you got to go through a marketing agency, like, like talent agency, like like uh, creative agency, all that jazz to so get everything off the ground. But like, it's very impressive that they did. Like it's, it's great, great synergy. And I'm glad it wo- worked out for them because it's like, it's got it's got everybody like, you know, in Canada reposting it. A lot of social organic because it's yeah. like funny. It's like, "Ah, oh, I'm a Tim Hortons fan." Like, "Oh, I'm Canadian." Like, yeah. like let, let, "Let me let me celebrate this moment, right?" This like this very, like old fact. It's like a Tim Tim Timbit, right? Like yeah. there's been <laughs> no innovation to the Timbit besides like maybe some like seasonal flavors for years. Yeah. Or yeah. even just like the, to the Tim Hortons like brand itself. There's been no
1: innovation there. But like they finally pulled the trigger, took that risk and it worked out. So, hell yeah. I love I say, it, man. I say that's a I, W. I think it's a huge dub, man, dude. So that's pretty much it, man. Recommendations? What do you got for for uh, for us this week? We're doing some recommendations this time, right? What yeah, have we been watching? What have we been listening to?
0: Yeah, let's let's kick that off. Let's yeah, let's start still, that up every single week. There's been a lot of stuff. Recently watched the Tinder Swindler. Uh, big on Netflix right now. Did you get a chance to watch that? Yeah,
1: I saw some of it, man. This guy's this guy's a piece of shit, man, uh, dude. This what, guy, absolute de-gen, man. yeah, absolute DGen, bro. I just like. Bro,
0: how did he pull it off, man? Like, like for, for people that don't know, there's this guy. Uh, won't spoil it, but he no spoilers. Pretty much, no spoilers. <laughs> he pretty much conned a bunch of women into giving him a shit ton of money on Tinder. Yeah, um, made these women fall in love, with him, made made made, him, made made them think that he was like this rich, rich, like very rich son of somebody, right? And then uh, and then conned them like thousands of thousands of dollars, and he's getting a show now. I don't know yeah. if you saw it, but he's getting a Wait, show. Some Hollywood agent signed him and he is going to be on a dating show. And Are it's crazy. Serious? Like he, he got jail time and all that, but now, now he's not, on a sh- now he's on a show, which is f- so fucked up. Right. But, like if you think about it from his, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm condoning him 100%, right? I'm not supporting it, but I'm just saying, if you look at his socials right now, he's playing into being the scammer. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a scammer, right? And all, and, and, and and like people that like support him, they're eating it all up. He's like, yeah, I'm the Tinder swindler, bro. I did this, bro. And now he's into (laughs) like shilling crypto and NFTs, bro, which Uh, is hilarious. It's like, it's like obviously he is, right? Obviously, he's in like the most. Um, he's into some like scam coin, shit coin, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's on his way. Uh, dude, that's hilarious.
1: That's fucked, man. What it was, what, any, anything else? Books, podcasts, anything? Uh, no I, no, I, I don't know.
0: Um, what do you got in your end? Let me throw it
1: over to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me some time to Dude, pick. I, so, um, <laughs> my, my girlfriend's been watching Euphoria a ton. Euphoria is like Yo, super, super hype. I haven't actually it. watched it myself. I don't know if I will, I, but I did watch, um, I did watch like youtube videos like reviewing like seasons just to get a sense of it It it's like seems Mm. like a really interesting show but my favorite show right now it's been my favorite show for a while is uh billions on uh hbo or crave if you're in canada uh i really really fucking love billions man it's basically about this titan billionaire versus the 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 um, attorney general or the district attorney or whoever he he changes roles during the the series but it's like super badass. Like I really love it. It's like a drama. Really cool. It gives you insights to like, like the law scene, the business scene. It's really dope. Um, YouTube, n- you know nothing. No, no new creators, man. No, nothing really too crazy.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, Something that I want to throw out there. And you, you, I don't know if you want to throw this in, but because we didn't talk about it, the Super Bowl ad with Coinbase. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. Was goated, man. yeah shit was goaded, man. Yeah, she was so goaded. If you want to touch on that real quick, yeah. The the. 30 second QR code, man, bouncing, bouncing off the screen, like the like classic DVD, like meme. That's insane, man. They paid, they paid, what, on 13, average? 13, I, mil. It was, was it 13 mil? I think, I think it's like 30 second spot was, was it was seven a minute, it was a, like minute it
1: was a minute. Spot, oh, it was a minute. But, okay. But a minute the, spot, 13
0: yeah. minute, 13 mil, right? Yeah. Production costs essentially $0, right? If you look <laughs> yeah, at all the, yeah. if you like, it's just a QR code, bro. Like, like. Can't can't cost more than like I can make that bro. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no production cost thirteen mil, right? And and they've clean threw it up and it's it's like based on all the other commercials, like it has the, on a marketing standpoint, the cleanest attribution, right? Like you you can hear anecdotally from all your friends and me and my group that watched the super what everybody was like, What the fuck is this? Pulled yes. up their phone, scanned it, right? Like, boom yes. attribution. And well, what was funny is that like their their site crashed and, and I'm like Okay, conspiracy to me is like okay, maybe they crashed their purpose so pe- more people can tweet about it. But like that's and en- that ended up happening. Like it crashed for five minutes, more people tweeted about it. Organic social, right? Everybody was like, "Wow, oh, you so see that Coinbase good. ad? Like boom, boom, so boom, 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 boom!" Right, and it was amplified even more because the site crashed. But my whole thing is that like you know any any PR is good PR, and yes. they ripped the hell out of it and they milked the hell out of it by by having that as uh, social. I think
1: it shot up to like number something, like number two on the app store or number yeah. one on the app store. Yeah, yeah. Like that's Yeah, like a, the stats, like brief-
0: uh, yeah there, there were some stats on like how each app like performed and like the traffic to the sites and they, they were by far the highest and they could attribute it the highest too because it's literally a QR code, right? Yeah. You, can, you can track that versus yeah. all these other like fintech companies and all these just companies in general, man. They're spending thousands, like hundreds
1: of thousands. On talent dollars for like, and production. For like a and- 10 second cameo, man. Like, man. Good on Coinbase for that. I think it was Good fucking so nasty. And it was the story. And as a as a marketer, you're always trying to tell a story and, and you always want to be the story and the hype. And with 60 seconds of a screensaver, it was telling a story of nostalgia with how it used to be when we were, you know, I mean, some people still have screensavers, but for the yeah. most part, that's like a, you know, a, a Windows XP shit, Windows 97 shit. Like, yeah. kind of took you back a little bit. And there was like, you know, it was talking about, this 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 thing that doesn't say a single thing was saying so much and there was this there's this chatter about like how when it hit the corner at the very end mm, and it was perfectly the DVD thing. It, it like tickled yeah. your ocd just right yeah, and it was yeah, just like yeah. this perfect commercial and um and it didn't say a word man it's like khabib lame like like the the tiktoker <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. say a word but he says like a thousand you know
0: you know what's so funny you know what's so funny like it's got us talking about like we're analyzing the nostalgia factor like they think about this bro and then you got like like people marketing analysts on twitter and like on their blogs and like and like ad week talking about like why this is the greatest commercial of all Super Bowl history i can only imagine coinbase's like marketing team or like the agency that worked on this they're just sitting like the day after sitting in their breakout room just laughing their asses off it's like bro it's just a qr code yeah, it's, it's just, just a QR. Q- it's just, it's a, a, just q- a floating QR code. QR and everybody's code. doing some like like five page analysis on like Medium, saying why this is the great. It's like bros. QR code. Bro.
1: It's just I, it, and it's but it's genius because it's so contrarian, like it's so yeah. against the grain. There you go. There you go. And, you and go. I absolutely fucking love it. So there you have it, my friends. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Neo Financial, check it out. Wealth Simple as well. Y'all know they rocking with us. Y'all know they supporting us. I'm only giving you guys the best products that are out there. So check the show notes out for it. Spotify, Apple Pod. I mean, I'm just asking you guys all the time at this point. But I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I love, uh, you know, chopping it up with Ivan and reviewing uh, what's going on in the world this week. So hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all, boy. I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.